Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. Alright, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to Anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! Husband. Wife. It's, um, it's 
Sacrilegious Book Club? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I know. You looked like you needed help. <laughs> I did. I was panicking because I was like, it's not Q&A. It's, it's not. not Saturday. It's not the other thing, anything else. No. Yeah, this is new. It's new. That's why I couldn't remember what it was called. Right. Yeah, I'm the perfect book club. I'm the perfect person to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sacrilegious book club. So, do you want to remind everybody what we're book clubbing? Yeah, we are covering Asimov's Guide to the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And which uh, pages were we supposed to read this week? We are covering pages 15 through 32 because last time we did the introduction, which took up the first 15 pages. And in our case, I should say, by we, I mean you. Right. Because right. I didn't read them. <laughs> no, you didn't read them. I'm telling you about it. You're telling me about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, you ready to go ahead and get into this? I am. All right. Let's do it. Okay, before we actually leap into the book itself, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you a couple things. Go Just a couple? Just a couple. Okay. So, the book itself is eminently readable. Like, very approachable. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's not really work, per se. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. I really like it. Um, I wish more uh, history books were written in this style. Right. Because it... it you could tell that he's interested in sharing the information. I, I mean, I think that people that are interested in history and enjoy it can make them interesting. Right. So. Right. We've had this discussion before. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to put it out there. This book is really readable. Got it. Got it. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say was a caveat to that, which is that he's got each book of the Bible split up into several smaller sections. Okay. And sometimes one section will refer to something in a different section. Got it. So I've tried my best to pull those things out and put them where I feel like they should go. So my notes, as I took them, yeah. Um, like if he mentioned something about the Bible itself, I took that out of that section and put it into my notes about the Bible itself section. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, I mean, maybe I'll get it better once. Sure. But I'll probably understand it better once you get into it. Okay. So. Well, I just wanted to, to say um, we're covering pages 15 through 32, and um, the topics are... Wait, 15 through 32? Pages 15 through 32. What happened to 1 through 15? We literally just covered this in the intro. Oh. The first 15 pages were the introduction oh. of the book. Sorry, it's been a while since we did the intro. <laughs> My bad. So anyway, um, the sections that we covered within that are Genesis, the Word, God, the Seventh Day, the Lord God, Man, Eden, uh, the Euphrates River, the Serpent, and Eve. Wow. Okay? Okay. So sometimes he'll tell you the history of something. Yeah. And it'll be not about that word. It'll be about the Bible itself. Gotcha. That's what I mean to say. Okay. And so I took that out and, and put it in a different section. So as I'm going through these sections, they're not always in the same order as the book is written. Okay. They, I try to make them cohesive to myself. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. what I was trying to convey. Sorry. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So some general notes is... The Bible was put into writing no earlier than the 9th century BCE. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that's the earliest that any portion of it would have been put into writing. Old Testament or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. 
Got it. Several strands were written several centuries later, and I'll get into those strands in a bit. Okay. Okay, one of them you're aware of, the Deuteronomistic history. Right, right. The priestly hands. Yep. Okay. Um, they were unified, all these different strands were unified and put together into the current form as we know them today in the 5th century BCE. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm sure that you know this, I'm sure that everybody knows this, but um, it started out in Hebrew and then was translated into Greek and from there into Latin, and from there into the English as we know it today. Got it. What is, so, Ar- like, why do you always hear Aramaic referred to as the Bible? Do you know? Um, it's just another language that it For was... For some reason, I thought that was the original one, I guess. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. I'm not going to speak but out of my But apparently, as far as written, as this far is as the way written, it goes. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would imagine that the Aramaic was around the same time as the Hebrew. Okay. But I could be wrong. All right. And, and like I said, I don't want to talk out of my ass. Sure. Maybe that's a subject for another day. <laughs> right, right. You know, Q&A yeah. to the book club, right? Right. Okay, so the book of Genesis is what we're starting out with. Okay. And we're not going to cover the whole thing today because we're only covering 17 pages. Right, right. Okay? So Genesis starting on... Um, the, the topic Genesis starts on page 15. Okay? And the Hebrew name of the book is literally in the beginning. Gotcha. And the reason for that is that um, the Greeks used to, um, or I'm sorry, the Hebrew used to take the name of the first words of the book, and that's what they would oh. call their document. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. So that's what that's what uh, you know when you're saving your document in Word, that's what it does. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, the Greek translation is from the Hebrew yeah, is based on the work of 70 scholars. And that's why you will sometimes see it referred to as the Septuagint. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've seen that and not knew what that meant. So right. Right. Thought that was interesting. Yeah. And the Greek translation moved from the Hebrew tradition of using the first word of the book as the title to more descriptive names instead. Got it. So it was the they wanted Hebrews. To, they wanted to make it SEO'd for the, the Bronze Age. Right. You could think of or the, the... the Iron Age, whatever time that was. Right. You could think of the Hebrew as um, the word document style <laughs> right. and the Greek as the SEO style. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first five books of the Bible are attributed to Moses, which we knew. Right. But... They're not written by Moses. Right. Um, they they are referred to as, or Genesis is referred to as the first book of Moses called Genesis. Okay. That's, that's what it was originally called. Got it. Okay. And then um, it's also called Mosaic Law, or the first five books are called the Mosaic Law. Okay. Mosaic being Moses. Right. Not, right. not mosaic, mosaic tiles on right. the ground. Yeah. Um, and it, it goes from Mosaic Law to the Law, which is what the Hebrew called the Torah. Okay. And so I think we covered this before in a Q&A, where sometimes when they're referring to the Law, they're referring to the Torah, the first five books. Got it. And sometimes when they say the Torah, they're referring to the Law in general, the whole thing. So. Gotcha. Just you have to understand from context what they mean when they say the law. Right. So we know that the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, are 
in Greek, the Pentateuch. Right. And that's what we know of it as today. Yeah. But early on, Joshua was often included with those first five books. And so it was referred to the Greek Hexateuch. Got it. Yeah. I think we had kind of heard that back. I mean, like, some seemed like we had touched on that at one point. I don't recall it, but I might have recently mentioned it having read this. Or maybe we commented on it. Like, it seemed like it... I don't know. I felt like we covered that sort of at one point, but... I don't know. Could be wrong. You're probably wrong. I usually am. (laughs) It's now accepted that the creation tale as... You know, Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. Is a version of the Babylonian creation myth following the Babylonian exile in the 6th century BCE. In the 6th century BCE. Mm hmm. Huh. Which we're not there yet. Okay. All right. We haven't reached the Babylonian exile. Got it. Okay. Yeah. We're getting there. Okay. We're headed there. So at some point, they're going to get exiled from Babylon and. It's referred to as the Babylonian exile. Okay. And um, Asimov made a note that he refers to things as pre-exilic and post-exilic, meaning pre-exile, post-exile. Got it. Okay. So um, the myth, the creation myth was created um, pre-exile, but came from the Babylonians. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that is it for... The word Genesis. Okay. okay. Yep. Now we're moving on to the second little topic. Okay. God. <laughs> the okay. second little topic. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and it's it's brief. He keeps it brief. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Yep. Um, the Hebrew for God or gods is Elohim. Right, which okay? was the early on God. Right, except that, that as, as Asimov describes it, the... Hebrew word yeah. actually referred to small g gods plural. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because early religions were always polytheistic. Interesting. Yeah. So Elohim was never a big guy he god. He was just part of the gods. It was it was not a man. It, I mean it was not an entity. Got it. It was just just gods. The groups of gods. Got it. Got it. The gods. Okay. Elohim. I see. So the collective, so to speak, of yes, yeah, yes. Um, so later on, it got translated into God. Right. That explains <laughs> some of the wording they used early mm-hmm. on too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it was a little bit confusing the way, like it, it. It explains why they said God so much and stuff like that right. early on. Right. And I will get into when we reach the Lord God in just a minute here. Okay. Um, but that's it for topic number two. Oh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Topic number three, the seventh day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, I should—I meant to be giving page numbers as I went through. Oh. Um, Genesis was page 15. God started on page 17. And now the seventh day, the third topic, starts on page 18. Got it. Okay. Okay. So after six acts of creation took place over the course of six successive days, yep. there was the Sabbath. Right. Right? And it was a day separated from the ordinary days of the week. Sure. And it was dedicated to God, right? Yeah. Except that in early, early days, yeah. um, the Sabbath was barely mentioned at all. It was no big deal. Interesting. It played a very small role, was hardly mentioned at all prior to the Babylonian exile. Interesting. Right? That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I know. That, that's the way I felt throughout this whole thing, going, huh. 
So. Okay. And just to reiterate, this is all Asimov's research. Okay? Right, 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 right. So. Yeah. I don't know, grain of salt, but, well, but Asimov I mean, is well my, researched. I've heard, I've heard from multiple people that this is a, he's done a really great job with right. this research so right i just don't want to get in trouble by saying that these are facts right these are facts well, as presented by asimov we're talking about gods and god right the, to throw out facts quote unquote like come on now right like we're, we're discussing ideas about this book about this concept sure right so i'm just, I'm just covering my ass That's yeah all. no i got you it's all it comes down to <laughs> okay topic number four is the lord god and that section starts on page 19. Okay. Okay, so we're cruising right along here. Yeah. Okay. So remember when I told you that there were several strands? Yes. Okay. So the priestly hands, um, the um, Deuteronomistic guys, Yeah. Um, they refer to that as the P strand. Like yep. They designate it with a P. Okay. And it's used to designate portions of the Bible that are attributed to post-exilic priestly hands. Got it. Okay, Got so it. post so after, they came back and they, after they, the Babylonian They made it exile. look the way they wanted to at that point. Right. 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 New versions of the creation followed the P version, the P document. Yeah. Okay. Now, the term Lord God usage. Yeah. As opposed to the prior use of God. Right. Right. In the Elohim so, sense. Yeah. So that's. This is when we first start seeing Lord God used all of a sudden. We're transitioning into the Yahweh God. Is that essentially? And that is my very next note. Okay. Is um, the Hebrew YHVH right. equals the word Lord. Right. Okay. And it was mistakenly translated as Jehovah. Yeah, which is where you get to Jehovah's Witnesses mm -hmm. and, or Witnesses. Yeah. The more accurate would have been Yahweh. And I've heard that used in, in churches before that are m by um, more learned scholarly sure. pastors. Yeah. Um, Adonai is another word, and that means little L, Lord. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's separate from the YHVH, capital L, Lord. Okay. Okay. And it's not, Adonai is not God's specific name. Okay. Okay. So... The God Yahweh equals the Lord God. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we see all the different names being messed around with each other. Right. And right. just bad translations and people not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. And then you get a King James version with Paul well, added in. And you, I distinctly remember when we first started this podcast in the Genesis, there was multiple contradictions right, up the, right mm -hmm. off the bat because... Mm -hmm. They had two different stories, and one of those is going to be the do the the P version right. coming back and redoing things the way they want to. But mm -hmm. it probably, as you said, or as Asimov says, it wasn't as prominent before that was done. Apparently, right. so it was a whole different creation story at that point exactly. until the P version came back in exactly. and fixed it. That's why we fixed see, it. I mean, by edited it. That's why we see the contradictions in what was created on what day. Right. Right. So getting back into the strands. There's the J document, which was a strand of early tradition using Jehovah, and that was about 9th century. Okay. And conveniently, it was also the bit that was used for Judah, the um, the land of Judah. Got not, it. Not the person, the land. Sure, sure. So the J document is Jehovah and Judah. Okay. okay? Yeah. 
the E document, the E strand, is a strand of early tradition that uses Elohim. Hmm. And conveniently, um, that one was used in the 10th century, and Ephraim is the one that they used. Okay. Which is Israel. 10th century BCE, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. So this is, that was that was what was used in the, the word of mouth. That was, mm-hmm. uh, because you said it didn't get written down until the 9th century BCE. Right. So uh, the Elohim God didn't ever make it into the actual written other than hand-me-down tales, essentially. Well, no, um, the 9th century, oh, yeah, 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 no, you're right. You're well, right. no, you said, never mind, I take that back. I think you said that it was, in its current form, mm-hmm. happened in the 9th century or something like yeah. that. So yeah. maybe it was written... In some I don't know. I get forms. confused when we start talking about the BCE because, you know, it's negative numbers. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I know. So just think of it as the J document uses Jehovah and it's the Judah part, like with um, David and all Got of them. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the E document is they use Elohim in Ephraim, which is Israel. Got it. Okay. Yep. And so, you know, the two of them got smashed together. Sure. And the kingdom was destroyed in 8th century BCE. Okay. And they were incorporated into the J tradition, and you got all these duplications. That's where the duplicated stories come into play. Got it, got it. Okay? Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of knew that, but now we really know it. Right. So, the P document combined the J and E versions plus the P material that they added. Right. And that equals the current Genesis story. Got it. Okay? So, I mean, that just basically broke down what we already knew. Sure. But still interesting to reiterate. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next section. Number five, man. And that starts on page 21. Okay. Okay? Yep. So, the Hebrew word for man is Adam. Oh, okay. And... It, they meant it as mankind, not like one specific entity not person. Not this dude over here. Right. Right. Exactly. And that reminds me of uh, when we were watching um, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And the captain's name or whatever Brinky was, his name was Adama. Right. And it was from the this. biblical. Yeah. Now the J version, remember the Jehovah one from Judah? Um they said that the human beings were shaped out of clay. So that's from that strand. Gotcha. Because um, there's also the one that said that humans were, um, that he just breathed life or whatever. Well, there was one, the one that we read, I think, was dust. Like oh, yeah, dust. yeah, yeah, dust. Dust. So. So um, the soul is, um, or let me rephrase that. The Hebrew word for soul is nefesh, which means breath. Got it. Okay. And they did say, that was said, like he breathed life into, right. you know, humans. So those are the two, that's why we have the two different versions. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay, moving right along. Next section, number six, Eden. Okay. okay. And that starts on page 22. All right. The garden thereof. Yeah. It's not actually the garden itself. The garden is a place within Eden. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Eden, Eden was a land which had a garden in it. Okay. So, All right. And Eden, the place, not the garden. Right. Is located, was located somewhere east of Canaan. 
east of Canaan. So Canaan was was Israel, right? Yeah, essentially. Essentially, so, yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense because they they think like they think it's between the Tigris and the Euphrates. I think is. I'm the... about to get into that okay. with our very next section. So if you want to hold that thought, sure. that's all I had for um, Eden. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because then we get into number seven, the Euphrates River. Um, that section starts on page 24. Okay. And um, the final editor of the Deuteronomistic History Guys, yeah. um, they, they tried to explain where Eden was located by using the junction of important rivers. It's not just the Tigris and the Euphrates. Got it, got okay? it, yeah. So um, in those verses that describe where Eden is located, um, there's several um, pieces of scripture, several verses, and there are rivers listed in those. I don't know if you recall. Vaguely, yes. Yeah, and um, the, the rivers were listed from least well-known to most well-known. Okay. Okay, kind of like how an address, a street address would right. be. Right, they're narrowing like, it down by... Well, like we start with our house number, then we go to street number, then we go to... Um, the town or city that it's in, and then from there we're like, you know, in Dayton area. Right. And right. then in Ohio, and then in United States. Sure. So that's the way it was listed. So um, um, what Asimov did was talk about these in reverse order. Okay. So, And I'm mentioning that in case somebody is reading along and wonders why... Um, or isn't reading along, I should say, but is reading the verses and is like, hey, you're doing these in the wrong order. Right, right. Um, I'm doing these in the order that Asimov listed them in. Sure. Okay, so the last one listed would be the most well-known at that time, and that would be the Euphrates. Got it. Okay? Yeah. It's the longest river in southwestern Asia, and it flows for 1,700 miles. Got it. And it's slow... And easy to manage for irrigation of, say, gardens. Right. And they used that. Sure. Okay. So yep. the next one, the third river mentioned, is the Hidekel or Hidekel. Okay. I didn't realize when we were reading this, that is the Tigris. Got it. Because I remember when we were reading this, I was like, oh, I know the Euphrates, but I thought it was the Tigris and the Euphrates and right, the fertile right, crescent right, right. between them. And what is this? Yeah. Um, the Genesis mentions Hedekal, but it that is the Tigris. Got it. Okay. okay. Yeah. And it skirts the city of Asher of Assyria, and it runs for 1,150 miles. Okay. And it is very turbulent and unnavigable. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And there's kind of a reason I'm telling you this, because that's how they identify the rivers. Got it. Okay. So the second um, one mentioned is the Gihon. Okay. Yep. I remember that. And some people say that that's probably the Nile. Asimov and many other scholars don't think that's the case. Don't think that's the case. Okay. Um, The Nile encompasses a land to the uh, south of Egypt. Right. And that's um, not. South of Egypt or Israel? South of Egypt. Oh, okay. And um, they say that that's part of why it can't be the Nile because the river that's being described doesn't fit that. Got it. Okay. Doesn't fit that description. Sure, sure. Um, It's more likely that it's a now gone tributary of the Tigris. Got it. 
Okay. Yep. And the first one that they mention is Paizon. Okay. Or Paishon, depending on which language. Sure. And um, it was thought by many that it was the Indus, which I'm not familiar with that river, but right. that's a river today. Um, it compasses the land of Havila, which I'll get into in just a second. Okay. Which was a land of wealth. Got it. And so a lot of people were like, land of wealth? Probably they're talking about India. But they wow. they weren't, though. Yeah. Okay. So, like, their geography, scholars' geography, trying to place these four rivers is so bad. I was going to say that they were all over the fucking place. They were. Yeah. Yeah. So, what we think now, we, not me, we scholars. Sure. Um, is that Eden may be located somewhere in Samaria. Or may have been located somewhere in Samaria. Okay. Um, the word Eden in Sumerian meant plain. Not like boring plain, but like the plains of... Right, okay. Great plains, whatever. The great the, plains, you know, yeah. 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 Um, the Hebrew word for Eden was delight and enjoyment. Okay. So, with a coincidental name combination, we got um, the magic garden of delight. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And... Um, Eden may have represented a Sumerian nostalgic longing of a time when they still reigned. Okay. Um, because um, they were like um, they they were doing all this agriculture and stuff, and looking back, you know, like oh, we used to be hunters and gatherers, and right in the Euphrates, or, or not Euphrates, in Eden, you know, on the plains of Eden, and, right, right, you know, so kind of like how we some some Americans refer to the good old days of America, and mm. they leave out the parts where the good old days women couldn't vote, and you know, people, people of color people. were um, considered three fifths of a person and were owned by other people, right. and you know, yeah, so. Nostalgia is not always a good thing because you see it through rose-tinted glasses. Sure. Yep. So, okay, next section. The serpent, number eight. The serpent, and that section starts on page 31. So we're almost done here. All right. Okay. Yep. So um, the serpent really is a motiveless or, at best, a, a entity possessing a delight in mischief. Okay, that's how he started out originally. Okay. But it wasn't until post-exile times, the Jews equated the serpent with Satan, the spirit of evil. Got it. So when it was originally written, it was just like a mischief god. Right. Like, think Loki. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Or, you know, that would be at best. Sure. Otherwise, it was just like, whatever. Not right. a big deal. Just part of the story. Yep. The, it's the only other time in the entire Bible besides Balaam's talking ass that the Bible mentions talking animals. Hmm. That's it. That's interesting. Just the serpent and, and just Balaam's the ass. ass. That's yep. interesting. Yeah. Okay, so now we are moving on to the final section that we covered. Okay. Number nine, Eve. And that starts on page 31. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, civilizations built around agriculture likely viewed their work as slavery versus the old days of freedom and hunting and gathering, which I just said. Mm -hmm. And Eve was... Um, the Hebrew word for Eve was Hava or Hava. Okay. Which is similar to Haya, which meant to live. Okay. So that's why um, 
they think that Eve, like, we don't know where the word Eve came from. Got it. Um, but it's likely that um, it was just some messed up translation Got over, it. The, over the ages. Sure. That's funny that such a prominent mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. thing, just a mistake. Right. So. Um, a lot of these words that we don't know their origins probably came from Sumeria. Yeah. And Sumeria has no other language like it. Okay. So that makes it further confusing. Got it. Got it. I want to end this with two quotes from the book okay. that I thought were really pertinent. Sure. And these both came from the that last section. Okay. The biblical writers searching for the meaning they felt ought to be in all names would spot a resemblance to some Hebrew word or phrase and invent an explanation around it. (laughs) And I'm like, you don't say. (laughs) So there's that. And then um, further down, he said, this is an example of folk, folk etymology. Okay. In which the Bible abounds. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Where they kind of make up the story to fit um, what they think they know. Right. Right. And then it just, like, like we have word etymology, the history of words. This is the history of folk tales. Sure. Yeah. Is what he's saying. I gotcha. Yeah. Is just based on language. Yep. So that is it for the first um, pages 15 through 32. And next time, next Sunday, we will be reading pages... 33 through 48. We're still in the book of Genesis. And the topics that we will cover will be Cain and Abel, Nod, Enoch of Cain, Seth, and then Enoch of Seth, Ararat, Ham, Japheth, and Cush. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay. Yep. Uh, So today is Sunday? It is Sunday. Sunday. So you 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 can move right along to our weekly replay. This will be in it at Mm -hmm. the very end. Mm-hmm. And um, also tomorrow we'll be back with... Second um, Samuel chapter 6. Yep. So we'll see you guys later. Bye. Hey wife, I guess that's the end? But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.